Welcome to season two of the Testimony Service Podcast, brought to you by Engage. Engage is a brand I started at the end of last year to serve as a reminder for us to engage with God, to actually cultivate a personal relationship with Him, and then to engage others, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around us. And one of the ways we engage others is through our testimonies. So here is episode 210, Crazy Stupid Things. This is Michelle Wilson. I am going on 50 years old, and it's amazing to see how God has blessed me and my family. And even though I've been married about 16 years, I, ha- I do not forget what it felt like to be single, because I was still single for more of my life that I've been married. And I, I guess I count my single years from when people start dating, say 13, 14. I was um, single for close to 20 years. So here's my story. Growing up, I see my friends, you know, during that time, 12, 13, 14, my friends start dating. I would see how they would get hurt. And I would see how, you know, I like different guys and they talk to you and they tell you that you're special. They tell you different things to make you feel like you're different than any other girl. But when you see them or hear other girls saying, they're saying the same things to them, it makes you question. And again, I saw my friends get hurt and I never had a boyfriend. I was shy. I wasn't one to really make conversation. I was kind of the awkward one. So even if boys did approach me, I guess I was so awkward, they didn't really pursue anything. So seeing my friends go through things and then dealing with my awkwardness, I prayed a prayer at about 12 years old, 12, 13, asking the Lord to basically kind of preserve me, preserve my heart from these hurts and that I only wanted to date my husband. And, you know, at the time, you know, when you pray different things, uh, you don't realize sometimes what you're saying, even though I'm glad I did. And God, he answered that prayer. So going through my teenage years, I did have a couple of dates. Actually, with my best, best male friend, he asked me out and we went to Dairy Queen. It was weird because the moment we got in the car, the atmosphere or our relationship kind of changed. It didn't feel right. So it's like we kind of knew like, okay, this isn't right. And because of the prayer, I pray, okay, I was like, oh, is David, is this guy my husband? Because my, in my mind, whoever I'm dating, that's it. And um, we went on this date and he, it just felt weird. And we were both like, okay, now nah, let's, let's just stay friends. And through that experience, it just let me see that, yeah, God's going to answer this prayer. Moving fast forward, um, I went through 20s, not dating anyone, seeing guys, and even questioning, why did I pray this prayer? And, you know, the adversary, he speaks lies to you, like something's wrong with you. Or, and even had people think or even call me, you know, maybe she likes girls. Maybe, maybe she's, but, um, and had to deal with that a little bit. And all in all, the Lord let me know that he was faithful and that he uh, would answer that prayer. So when I was like 32, 20 years later, I was at work with a friend and we were talking about guys and black males in particular and how we should help them because they are intimidated by strong black women. I was working at Anthem at the time and, you know, you know, pretty good job, making pretty good money. Looking back, that was okay money with all that. But, you know, so we, we as a strong black women, how we can be intimidating to black males and how we should help them out by lowering our standards. And that didn't sit well with me. I was like, wait a minute, Laura, okay, 
you've been faithful all this time. You can answer that prayer. And my prayer was specifically, Lord, okay, not only did I want to date my husband, I want him to pursue me. I didn't feel like a woman should chase after a guy. I just felt that was, unless God is really leading you to do that, I believe in a gentleman coming and pursuing you. But, you know, I listened to my friend. I was like, there, there was this guy I was actually eyeing at church. And we could just look, look at each other and kind of smile. But he wouldn't make a move. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even really talk to me at all. Every once in a while, I take, I take that back. Actually, he did help me move when I moved out from my, my roommate at the time. But other than that, there was no really any conversation. So, like, well, maybe he's intimidated. Or maybe, you know, because of the way I carry myself, he didn't really feel comfortable um, approaching me. So this particular Sunday night after... I had the conversation with my coworker. I decided I'm going to actually stay after service Sunday night and ask him out for coffee. So I did that. Um, after service, I sang in the praise team, and he worked with the pastor. So I went back where he used to go, you know, as his pastor. I could not find him. I actually circled around the church about maybe two or three times trying to find this guy. And about my, this my, my last time. I was like, okay, this is my last time. I'm going home. This gentleman stops me. And he says my name. I'm like, how do you know my name? And he gives me his card. And as he's handing me his card, I'm telling you, the guy I'm trying to chase down, he walks by. I'm like, okay, Lord. And in my conversation with this gentleman, his name is Kim. He um, told me that he's just been watching me and we want to know if we can get to know each other, if he can call me and if we can talk. From there, we started talking. We went out on that Saturday. It was around that October 6th. And we went on a date. I thought he was goofy. I turned him off. Then I called my best friend. And she said, well, give him a chance. Maybe he was just nervous. And, you know, and actually, later on, I found out he was just trying to make me laugh. I even told him, I said, you know what? This was nice. Thank you for the date. Let's just be friends. He, said, he was like, okay. So I called him the following Monday, asking him if he could try this again. We went out on our, our second date. And I'm telling you, it felt like home. Um, I was living in Indiana. I had just moved to Indiana about a year before, and I had not felt at home because it, it just, you know, I was here with my roommate and not really having family here like that. So I was going back to Youngstown every other weekend. But that second day, it felt like it felt like I was finally felt comfortable or at home for the first time. Just to fast forward this a little bit more, and that was October, November. We were engaged, and then by May we got married. And God did it. God, with each date, the Lord showed me that he was answering my prayer through him. And after I talked to my friend about, you know, this goofy guy, he said, give him a chance. I prayed. I said, Lord, okay, what do you think about this guy? And the Lord told me that he is an honorable man. He's not perfect, but he loves me. And the Lord showed me that. I could tell you some things that my husband did for me before we got married that I don't think some husband would do for their wives. Like for one, as soon as we got engaged, dude paid off my car. My car was two years old. He paid it off. You know, just he was that above and beyond what others were for me. He was that answer to prayer. So, um, yeah, I, I encourage young single women to hold, to hold out. Whatever the adversary tries and tempts you with, any type of counterfeit anything, be it um, some guy, be it some this alternative lifestyle, it is not worth it. I mean, it's not worth it. What God has for you, he knows us better than anybody, better than we know ourselves. So who best to give us what we need than him? So trust him. He'll provide. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's nice to hear a story of someone who's, yeah, come on the other side. <laughs> um, and, and you can look back and, and see that. Um, but can you talk a little bit about how it was? Yeah, 20 years single. That's a long, that's a long time. Can you talk about how it was, obviously, as you got older and you got more into boys, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they started at 12, 13, but as you got, you know, in your later teens and in your yeah. 20s, how that was to like hold on to the prayer that you had in your faith in God. How was, how were you able to do that through, you know, almost two decades? Part of it was kind of messed up because I was, um, I found myself looking for him. <laughs> like, Lord, ooh, is it this one? Is it that one? And at this one time, and I believe it was a, it was a trick of the adversary. I had finally gotten focused. Okay. I'm going to focus on school. I'm in college. I'm focused on school. I'm going to go and get my degree. You know, just kind of, so I was doing my homework. And this guy walks by, he's a fine gentleman. And th- th- like this thought came, that's your husband. I look up and I obsess over that gentleman for about five years. Hmm. And I actually talked to my pastor about this guy. And my pastor told me, well, he, he, this, he needs a friend. He just needs a, he needs a, this is a good friend. He'll just be his friend. So, okay. So we became friends. I got his number. I talked to him. I actually encouraged him. I was just really sincere with being his friend. But I let the adversary really just kind of nudge me and, and push me to want more when there really wasn't anything more than me just being his friend. And I became obsessed with him. I would skip school to be at the church because he worked at the church. I skipped school, sit at the church like so I can see his car. You know, <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, I did some crazy, stupid things. Not really, I should have asked God, okay, Lord, what should I do with the situation? What should I do with these feelings? How can I rein this in? Help me just to be a friend. And that would help me in even talking to guys. So after that, I got obsessed, I was obsessed with him for about five years or so. And then there's another, another guy you're obsessed with. And it just goes from person to person. Is this possibly the one? Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know why there's like these certain areas of our lives that we just don't think we should pray about or that we can pray about. Like you said mm-hmm. that, you know, you could have prayed like, God, what am I supposed to do with these feelings or help me to be a friend? And I don't know what it is. Yeah. Those, those obsession yeah. phases where you're just like locked in and mm-hmm. almost like, this is what I want. And God, can you just co-sign it? <laughs> I got to tell you the story too. Okay. So I was like, Lord, I want to know what it feels like to be in love. And Lord was like, Okay, no. Like, but because it, it was this guy that he liked me. He was he lived in New Jersey. Um, I'm in Ohio. I, I don't know why he liked me. And you understand why I said that in a moment. So I was not interested in him. He didn't. He didn't have the look that I wanted. He was younger than me, and he was shorter than me. So those are just all three. Just like check them. No. <laughs> okay. So I was like, I want to feel what I want to know what it feels like to be in love. It was like the Lord said, Okay, okay. So it wasn't really in love. It was uh, it was another obsession. So I was so obsessed with this guy. I drove my car from Ohio to New Jersey to see this guy. Wow. <laughs> when it flipped, when I was obsessed with him, he didn't like me anymore. Mm. And I, I think because of my confidence when he first met me and because I was just I was so focused on God and I was a friend to him, I think he was, he was attracted to my confidence and the godly woman in me. But when it flipped, as soon as I became obsessed, as soon as I got my flesh, mm-hmm. it flipped. Yeah. And I'm chasing him. I'm driving all those miles to Jersey. That was crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that, that's real. It'd it be like that sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, okay. This isn't even a question. This is just a comment. But mm-hmm. it was just so crazy how 
when you were into the one guy that you said was at church and you were circling the building three times <laughs> and that third time yeah. you finally, uh, the guy stopped you and it's just like, God is just, God is yeah, just, yeah. he would just, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't know where, where the guy was, but he had to have been in the office with pastor because I went back there, came around the lobby, went around, cause we had a bookstore and that's where my husband was standing by the bookstore. Went back there, circling around again, went back through the sanctuary and it was, it was crazy. Had you ever noticed him before there or that was like literally just. I had. Yeah, I had. So the first time I remember seeing my husband, we had a um, church picnic. And actually, let me tell you this, too. Before I met my husband, I met his ex-wife and my stepdaughter. Um, when I didn't sing on the praise team, I would sit in a certain section, and she would sit behind me with her daughter. She's autistic. Her mom was sometimes kind of being embarrassed because Lauren, she would get into the music, and you know she would just you know be herself. And it, because of I worked with special needs kids before, I had the compassion for her. I just wanted them both to feel comfortable. So I, you know, just turn around, smile, and, and make conversation, whatever. So um, he would actually, every other Sunday, come to pick her up. That's why he was at my church. He actually lived in Lafayette. It's about an hour north from Indianapolis. And um, this particular Sunday, he was, it was his time to, to pick her up or to have Lauren uh, for their visit. So going back to the first time I saw him, we were at the church picnic. He wanted to hook up with me, but I had my nieces, so he, it wasn't just the right time. But he was playing volleyball on the field with some church members, and I had got there late with my nieces, and we were walking across, going to our picnic table, and I saw him. You know when guys, when a guy is fishing, you know they they had this look. <laughs> but that man's looking for a wife. That that's gonna be somebody's <laughs> blessing. I, I, you know, just just I'm just letting it go. Another time I remember seeing him, Jesse Duplantis came to our church, and he was sitting like two rows behind me. I can't tell you why he, he, he just stuck out to me. So that's, those are two times I remember actually seeing him before he actually stopped me in the hallway that day. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. God will just line up the path for you. Like mm-hmm. all this searching and wondering. And at the end of the day, like God and his timing, like brought it at the right time. So that's so beautiful. Okay. When you started d- dating your husband, how did you keep from, like the habits that you had with other guys where you were kind of like obsessing or like automatically running to the flesh or automatically running to the altar in your mind. How did you, or did you, what was that like? <laughs> I guess you see my face. Like, uh, I wanted to make sure I, I talked about this when I was thinking about our conversation. I didn't do everything right. I didn't, but I think what saved us was the quick courtship. As soon as we it was like, we're official, my apartment in Indianapolis, cause he's, he's in Lafayette. I might as well have packed up my stuff in, from Indiana and moved in with, because I basically lived with him. I'm not going to tell you some stupid things I did. Thank God I was still a virgin at my, on my wedding day by the grace of God. <laughs> I did some crazy stuff. But God still sustained it. In the midst of my messing up my gifts, I got my blessing right here with me. In the midst of messing it up, God still preserved it. It's like he showed me profound grace and profound mercy. That's awesome. Yeah. So you were talking about how fast the courtship was. And that, that is pretty fast. Like, you know, you had wanted to be married. You had prayed for, you know, a young age for it, for the right guy and for him to preserve you up until and through. But like at that moment when it happened, when it finally happened and it was happening so fast, were there like fears that rose like, even though this is what you wanted um, forever, like, at the moment, was there anything, like? 
fear didn't rise up, thank God. Not not like, oh boy, I'm, 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 this is really happening. That didn't, that didn't rise up. But I was wondering, because at that time too, my sister-in-law was trying to hook me up with her cousin. And then, you know, the other guy I'm eyeing. So I felt like I had options. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, is this the one after our second date? I was like, okay, Lord, because I know I'm moving forward. This is moving forward, okay? So I was like, he, he, said, he said, trust me. That really quieted the fears. And the other thing was, before all this happened, that beginning of the year, I was like, Lord, I want this to be my year. If I'm not ready, help me to get ready. If he's not ready, help him to get ready. So it was like, I know this is it. It's about to happen. So I guess that was my buffer or my forced foot away from fear. Just knowing that I'm ready, that I am in my season. This is it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, So kind of just wrapping up here, if there was any advice that you could give to single women, um, wherever they are in their journey of life, whatever stage they are, and they're just single and ready for the next thing, um, what kind of words of encouragement would you give to someone like that? Get in your word. Get in your word. Um, Spend some serious quality time with God. Learn to love yourself. Know that your husband that will not be the one to make you happy. You have to choose happy. I love um, for king and countries. Uh, I choose joy. That has to be your choice every day. Learn to love, really love yourself and like yourself. I was thinking about that today. The Lord had to get me to a place where I really not just love myself because we all say, "Oh, I love myself. I love myself." But really love yourself. Really like who you are. Like every aspect of you. Because there are going to be some days when your husband. He'll love you, but, you know, we have an adversary who try to make you feel like you're not loved or liked. You're no longer attractive. You're not attractive enough. So you have to have those foundations built. So really, that's all I'm saying all this to say, make sure you are whole. People used to say that, you know, I won't be whole until I got my other, my other half. No, you have to be really, truly whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, and I love how throughout your story, even from such a young age, just prayer at every single stage, whether you messed up, whether you're obsessing, no matter where, where you were in this journey of singleness um, over the years, that prayer was always a part, even once you started dating your husband, like praying about that. And so I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. If you don't mind, you can turn it down, <laughs> but you must have the anointing for prayer for a husband and prayer for preservation. That's good. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't mind. Not <laughs> at all. Prayer, saying ending with a prayer for those of us, young single women, middle-aged single women, whatever it is. Bless um, you, Lord. Just a prayer for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, dear Lord God, I just thank you for this privilege you've given to me to speak to my sisters about something that's precious to you because, Lord, this is one thing, marriage, that you created before the fall. So this is precious to you. I thank you for giving us a desire as women to be loved by a man, to be loved by our man. Lord, so I pray for my sisters, everyone who actually hears this, I pray that if they have a desire to be married, that you bless them to understand that desires from you, that you're able to do it, and you'll do a good thing. So, Father, I pray for my sisters that they hold firm to your word. I pray that you give them a greater hunger for you and your word. I pray, Lord God, that you let them just be so filled with you that, and so into your sight or have your sight that a counterfeit won't be able to fool them or dupe them. Any other counterfeit won't be able to dupe them. I pray, Lord God, that 
if they're ready, Lord God, and it's time, I pray that it happens quickly. I pray, Lord God, that my sisters, um, that they're able to hold out if their time is not, not later, not until later. So I, I just thank you for the power of prayer. I thank you for the anointing you have on my life and all that I've experienced that I can share with my sisters. I pray that they're blessed, that they're refreshed, and um, have your way. Your kingdom come, your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Testimony Service Podcast. If you'd like to share your testimony on an upcoming episode, visit www.martinanicole.com slash podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It'll help get these testimonies to more ears. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next Wednesday. So here's a sneak peek for you. My career flourished. However, my personal life and my personal walk with God was just in a disarray. If I got married, I would take away that sin of sex before marriage and hopefully everything would just be okay. Because in my head, that was my only or my biggest sin.